Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Imperfect Podcast. I'm Kathy. And I'm Kennedy. Join us on this week's episode as we discuss intriguing topics and people of interest that will inspire us to explore all of the unique pieces of ourselves. We are all imperfectly perfect. We're We're glad glad you're here. here. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Imperfect Podcast. Have you ever met someone who seemed like they had it all? Perhaps from your perspective, they had everything that someone might wish for, yet they were still unhappy, angry, resentful, or even depressed about their situation. Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, there are people living with their family of Five plus a grandparent and a couple grandkids and in a concrete block house, which is smaller than a two-car garage that has a metal roof and no refrigeration or plumbing. But often these people are some of the happiest people you will meet. And it's interesting when mom and I went on the Cuba mission trip several years ago, um, this was very much the case. These people did not have much, but to them, they had everything because they had family. Yeah. And and that's a good extreme example, but we see it even in everyday society with our friends and family. So yeah, we want to have a look at that today. And maybe you know someone that encountered a real issue or significant loss, but they were able to recover or move on pretty quickly from it all. But on the flip side, you probably all also know someone who became so stuck in their trauma and their grief that it took them what seemed like forever to get over it and heck maybe they're still there yeah and for some these griefs and traumas uh may come off only as an unfortunate event and something that this person needs to stop wallowing in and they just need to get over it or move on or just get past it Mm mm-hmm Yeah. And some people like to advise, you know, if it was me, you know, I wouldn't have put up with that or done it that way, or I would have called the police, whatever. You know, some people even compare their, their own life experiences that aren't even close to comparable, or might give anecdotes of other people's lives and how they handled their situation so much better than the one, you know, you're observing at this time. Yeah, and some people even diminish other people's traumas or griefs based on character differences, like you're making a big deal out of nothing, or you're being too sensitive, or you should have known that was going to happen. It's kind of different ways of all saying, I told you so, or I know better than you. Right. And, but for the person who's experiencing the the event in their own life, it's a real, a very real situation to them that that they're trying to cope with. And meanwhile, you get people saying, oh, just get over it. Or, you know, my aunt Sue went through that. And, you know, that, that's not really helpful to the person who is experiencing the emotions right at that time. Let alone, it makes them also sit there and question why they are not normal if they can't get over it as quick, as quick as aunt Sue or whatever. <laughs> sure does. Yeah. Because, and then you have that heaped on top of whatever. The, is already causing the trauma and grief. Yeah. So how and why does this even happen and why do similar circumstances affect different people in different ways and why do we often miss the mark while trying to help? Yeah, we discussed a bunch of different stuff, you know, is it upbringing, 
personality, life experience, life circumstance, attitude or perspective. And, you know, even though we had a good chat about it and, and decided that it's probably all of those things together in varying degrees, it turns out that we actually have very little perspective on the real effect of someone else in a circumstance, because quite simply, we just don't get it. It's not us, right? It's not us from from our perspective, it's them from their perspective. And that can make all the difference in the world. Yeah. So we each have our own like life filters, so to speak, that it's all a different perspective. And depending on what we've all experienced, like you were saying, or what kind of upbringing we had, it all is going to play out and be viewed differently depending from one person to the next. So when we speak about life filters, we mean the lens through which you see the world. So these filters can be formed by many factors. Um, of which could be our belief systems, like I was starting to say. So um, it can be personally decided or assimilated through family or peer groups. So if your family, for example, grew up with resentment or distress towards a certain group of people, um, you may start to have that same resentment or distress towards these sorts of people just because that was your upbringing and your belief Mm -hmm. system. Um, Some people, I grew up in a house where best before dates were a suggestion, not a end of life date for the food. Um, That's another good example. Uh, So our belief systems. So my boyfriend kind of grew up in a house where best before dates were, okay, it's time to throw it in the garbage now. And um, I grew up in a house where it was, well, it is best before this date, but hey, it still smells and tastes good. So it's okay. It's the best before, <laughs> not bad after. You know? Right. Does it or, have fungus growing on it? And if so, right. just cut it off and keep, you exactly. know, do the, the, the taste and sniff test, right? Right. And uh, another good example would be people who salt and pepper everything before even tasting the food. Like, again, not to totally... <laughs> run over my boyfriend here but he'll put salt and pepper like just the other night actually we made homemade poutines and he accidentally picked mine up and I had portioned everything out for myself and I was like you just took my poutine and he's like oh well I put salt and pepper on it I hope that's okay you can have it back and I'm like you didn't even taste it yet like why would you put salt and pepper on that so some people it's just their belief system of how they are used to doing things yeah So um, our life experiences are also something that can help form the filters through which we see life. You know, if you got bit by a dog when you were a child, uh, chances are you're always going to be a little bit cautious around dogs. Um, You know, things like if you don't like a certain type of person or a certain subset, like if you don't like women based on your past experiences, Uh, you're probably going to continuously find yourself in conflict with them because it's almost like you send out this little signal that's, you know, looking for it. What you think about, you bring about, right? So, Well, yeah, and that that can play in. And um, the other thing that forms our filters through which we see life can be expectations placed on us by others and ourselves as well. Like a good example of that is in a family of, nurses or doctors you see you know great great grandma was a nurse so then the next generation and the next generation and 
it can just become an expectation then you know and you're sucked down the path of that unless you speak up and say like hey wait a second this isn't my dream exactly you know just because it's expected in the family doesn't necessarily that's something I want to do yeah so I'm sure everyone can see how these different filters are how we gauge experiences in life. So when we were searching for information surrounding why people respond and react differently to experiences that are essentially the same, we also discovered a concept that was developed by American author, coach, and speaker, Tony Robbins. And uh, he came up with this concept called blueprinting, which uh, does a lot of explanation on the topic we're, we're discussing today. Yeah, it kind of fit in perfectly. So Tony adapted the psychological theory and teachings of Sigmund, I can always, I always mispronounce his name, Freud. Yes. <laughs> and sub- <laughs> it's just because of the way you expect it to be pronounced. Right. Um, and subsequent, subsequent work of Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So that in itself could be a totally other show on its own um, to develop his own list of what he believes are needs to live a fulfilled life. So using this framework, Tony explains the concept of happiness or lack thereof um, from the perspectives of how well our current life circumstances match up with how our own chosen ideas or our blueprint for what happiness or success looks like to us. Yeah. So we know, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, a blueprint is defined as a design or a plan that describes how to do or achieve something in the future. And simply put, Tony's concept of blueprinting in our lives is the belief that we each create a psychological list or a life plan for ourselves that we use as a measure for our happiness throughout life. Yeah, and it's a projection of what we think we need. So it's the story that we have in our head of how we're supposed to live live life or what it should be like in order for us to feel loved, valued, important, and essentially at the end of it all happy. So inferring that happiness is not based on have or have nots. It is based on how closely it matches our real life circumstances and what we think it should be. Mm. Yeah. And when we came across this concept, I was like, this makes so much sense. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And according to this thought process, we've all got tucked somewhere inside our hearts and minds the, you know, essentially the who's, what's, where's, and everything about uh, our ideal life, the way we think it should be. And it makes our own individual blueprints relative to what we personally value ourselves. So what might be important to Kennedy might not be the same thing that I would have on my blueprint. Yeah, so the value that we put on each of our needs and whether our experiences in life are lining up with what we have on our set of mental blueprints, um, like Mom was saying, can determine our level of satisfaction or happiness. And conversely, if our blueprint is not matching up to what is actually going on in your life, it can cause frustration, discomfort, and sometimes even immense pain because you're totally not lining up with what your idea is of happiness or what life is supposed to be. Right. So um, it's it's a little bit of a concept. So if we lost you a little bit, it's okay. We're going to give a very basic example uh, to demonstrate what we're talking about here. And 
let's start off with uh, some people's dream might be to live in an apartment or a city where they're close to the bus route and they're a couple minutes walk to the nearest pub. They'd actually prefer to pay rent and not have to worry about property maintenance. It's a great deal for them. You know, it's ideal. It's their ideal situation and it would match their blueprint. Yeah. But yet for someone else having to live in the city and in an apartment and pay rent could look to them like failure because the blueprint of what they see and value as happiness is maybe living on a farm, raising animals and being removed from the city life. So therefore, apartment life simply would not match up with what their blueprint of happiness or success or fulfillment in life fulfillment, sorry, in life looks like and could lead to um, disappointment, frustration, anger, all of these emotions. Like um, like I was saying, it doesn't line up at all with what they had planned for themselves. So anything but a perfect match for them is failure. Right. So it, it could feel like very much like a self-worth issue or cause them to be depressed I would think too right like absolutely it it does make sense and especially in today's day and age I know you know your generation is looking to buy homes and you're just getting started rolling with working and then wait a second pandemic everything skyrockets and now you're kind of essentially stuck at the apartment until you can find a better solution which doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon right like That definitely happened in my life when I was actually, as the pandemic was starting, I was due to graduate from college and I had an on-the-job placement all lined up and I was excited to go. I got to the place that I wanted to be and where I was going to go and I was feeling awesome. And then the pandemic happened and basically that all fell flat. There was nothing. And everybody's trying to navigate the pandemic. That was definitely a situation where everyone was struggling. Um, And trying to navigate, okay, what's this mean for my life? Mm. Um, But for someone coming fresh out of college, yeah, it was devastating because A, do I have a job? B, my on-the-job placement is no longer existent. So what does this mean for me? How long is this going to last? So yeah, you kind of go into this spiral and you're depressed and you're alone in your house and all this sort of thing. So, And before we would have just looked at that as tough luck, but if you apply this, I'm sure there was probably people in your grad class too that were like cool I'm just yeah sit back and you know because in their blueprint this this is fair this was a better fit right it could have been that they just took this course and it was like hey I might do this or whatever and the fact that it didn't work out wasn't the end for them but for me it was like okay I invest a lot of time and money into this and I was really dead set on this job and now who knows yeah yeah. So as you can see, this idea could quickly be applied to a number of circumstances in one's life. And we'd instantly begin to see how and why similar circumstances could definitely affect people in entirely different ways. Yeah. And obviously some of these things on our blueprint are likes, some are needs, some are wants, but some are so woven into our blueprint that we often don't even realize that we are measuring our reality and our self-worth and our happiness against it and that anything besides a match can mean some measure of internal conflict. I immediately, for me, uh, think of, you know, my weight and my worth. That is so woven into me for whatever reason that if I am whatever weight, I it totally 
deciphers whether I'm going to be happy or not with myself, which right. is very hard to deal with. And a lot of people struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have that so woven in. And even though I'm aware of it, it's still very existent for me. Right. And yeah. imagine something like having children, if you didn't want kids at all, and you end up becoming pregnant or impregnating someone uh, could be a pretty significant problem for you if it wasn't on your blueprint, because that wouldn't be a match. Yeah. And if you weren't able to have children and you don't like kids or didn't have kids on your blueprint anyways, this probably wouldn't be a biggie for you. And it wasn't on your blueprint anyways. So that would be a match. Yeah. And if you weren't able to have children for whatever reason and you don't end up having the opportunity to have children or you weren't really sure if you wanted kids anyway, you know, it wasn't really written in permanent ink on your blueprint. Um, It might be a little bit of a disruption, but it really wasn't super on your blueprint anyway. So you're probably going to be okay with that. Yeah. And however, if having children is a fundamental part of your blueprint, yeah, this would most likely cause major pain in your life. Um, I've known people in this situation and I'm sure most people know, um, someone that's been in that situation, if not themselves. And often as a society, I feel that we don't rec- we kind of underrecognize how devastating this can be to yeah. those who are faced with the situation, essentially the blueprint plan they have on how life should be and how they measure success, fulfillment, and what they're current reality is and for some people it's quite literally what they feel their purpose in life is yeah um it just does not match up at all and a lot of people just don't have control over this so that would be devastating it would be yeah some people's ideals could include being the top of their class kennedy (laughs) (laughs) the white picket fence you know having a certain body physique like you mentioned uh having an important position at work, traveling to every continent, owning a horse, getting married. We're all different. So we have all different mental blueprints, as you can imagine. And in my defense, with wanting to be the top of my class, (laughs) I was waiting for you to finish. I was like, I'm (laughs) going to defend myself here. It's very much a part of what I measured success as. And some people couldn't give a damn about what they make in math class. But you can be sure that Kennedy was going to be working her butt off to get the best mark possible because that was how I measured success for myself. It was so woven deep into my blueprint that if I didn't have grades, well, what do I have then? Because I'm in high school. Here's the funny thing or not so funny thing is I don't think most of your peers recognize like it was like, oh, yeah, Kennedy Kitchen with the marks. Mm -hmm. Marks come easy to some and they didn't to you. You worked yeah. really hard at yeah. that. And I don't think your peers recognized that. They just thought you were one of the ones that it came natural to. So uh, yes and no. I think they saw me in the books um, and maybe they just thought I was crazy. I don't know. Or a try hard, which I was. Um, but a lot of people, it's funny now, will see me out in regular life now and they'll be like, oh, Kennedy Kitchen, like things definitely have not changed. But they're surprised to see that I am more than just what I was in high school. So I think that's kind of a bit of a culture shock, so to speak, for some people. But it's just, yeah, it was so a part of, well, I've got to impress people because what else do I have here? Well, I play the piano, but okay. So I need to have marks. 
So I can totally understand that some people it's, you know, even like we were saying, like your body image, so much a part of their image in school. I say school because that's so easy to relate to in high school. It's a judgy time, but maybe they're just known for their looks and well, if they don't have looks. Well, what do they have? Right. So it just depends. Right. So yeah. if some things on your blueprint don't match up, um, we can actually work towards changing them. So you can change your diet in some situations, um, your relationship, your job, um, and sometimes changing some things don't necessarily change the outcome either. Um, I found myself in situations like that and know some people that have also found themselves in situations like that. Um, so there, we can spend much of our lives trying to rejig things, so to speak. So if there are ideals on our blueprint that are impossible for us to attain and we feel we are helpless to do anything to change it, this is when the situation can turn to pain. So if we've tried and tried again to change things and it's not changing, that's when things can start to be extremely disappointing. Right. We feel that these blueprint ideals can be as individual as we all are. And um, it's probably where much of the variation in others' perception and understandings come from or lack thereof in a lot of cases. You know, they're... They have their own blueprint ideals. So, you know, the fact that you didn't ever get to have a horse, they'd be like, so what? You know, mm. move on with life. It's not, horses aren't a big deal for me, but I know people, they sure are in their lives. They would consider significantly, you know, lesser than or, or even empty maybe for some people that if they didn't get the horse. So, you know, apply that to whatever, the car, the job, the, the fancy house, or, or if you didn't get to get your nails done this week, like if that's super important to someone else, even though it's not important to you, it, you know, it can be a completely different story for other people. Mm -hmm. And some people are great at being empathetic to others and their struggles, despite not sharing their blueprint, but both in research and in life, we have found most people are not able to recognize these blueprint differences as being a very big deal to somebody else. Yeah. And of course, when I said the nail thing, that was just kind of more of a, a joke. It really isn't a big deal to me. It would be a big deal to someone, right. but it's, we're, I think we're talking bigger things in, you know, in this episode, not, not those type of want, that would be more of a want, but uh, we're going to give some examples as we go through here that will make it a little more clear. Mm -hmm. Well, and maybe for some people, the nail thing is a big thing. We don't know. <laughs> we can't say for sure because it's not yeah. a big deal for us, but right. maybe it is like a, I, I think we're not talking, a do or die, but you know, right. I think we're talking bigger, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll bite. <laughs> um, uh, if one does not share, um, recognition of the value of the other's blueprint they may often become frustrated or judgmental and having the perception of the other pe person being spoiled or ridiculous or meaning to let it go or get over it um just not understanding that another's preoccupation or struggle or heartbreak or devastation with a particular situation can be just as difficult for them as if some of your blueprint ideas are not available or attainable to you. Yeah. Essentially, others may not often understand why something may be affecting you in the way it is, because they actually don't know how much a particular thing may mean to you with 
all the dreams and feelings and identities that you've built up with it and have wrapped around it because what how how could they get it they can be empathetic but they have their own blueprints and their own filters and you probably wouldn't get a lot of what's on theirs either Mm -hmm. it just makes me realize too that it just makes it so much so that we can't we can relate in comparison to our own lives but we really don't understand what somebody's going through with their specific the way their life has gone and how everything has lined up in a certain way and how they were brought up and all of these different factors, mm-hmm. we truly can't understand what someone's going through. Like if you experienced a death in the family and someone else experienced a death in the family, it's still not comparable because the relationships were different. The setup mm-hmm. was different. Everything is entirely different. Yeah. Yeah. And if your blueprint includes being happily married and you aren't, Uh, Some people resort to blindly filling that role with a partner, you know, any partner. And you see them jumping from relationship to relationship quickly and repeatedly sometimes with people who aren't necessarily good matches or good choices, but it's more of a, like a driving force in their life. You know, I'm getting married, damn it. (laughs) I don't care to who. And it's, it's on my blueprint. And, and I think we can all relate to a few people you know, that we've seen do this and you're like, oh, it's, it's kind of like falling in love with the, the Disney image of, you know, the princess and the, the prince that comes in and sweeps her off her feet and, you know, right. Falling in love with the idea of being married and not right. actually the person you're marrying. <laughs> and I, I can, you know, I can remember experiencing that myself. I can remember most of my friends experience it becomes like all of a sudden it's not even about the marriage it's about what kind of cake are we getting and did yeah. you call the the photographer and what about the venue and is it going to oh, the flowers aren't the ones I wanted damn it like that's going to change everything and right. yeah but wait did I mention that you're joining in marriage with somebody for the rest right. of life right so signing the, the paper cake. yeah right oh who cares about that my cake was supposed to be pink and it's purple or whatever right. Um, And sometimes life conditions make it impossible to obtain some of our, what, you know, original ideals and ideas were, and it's just not possible due to extreme circumstances. So, you know, you bend and flow with life and you just go and take it day by day, but sometimes things just don't work out the way we intend them to. Yeah, for sure. When things can't be like your blueprint maps out, um, you can feel helpless to change it. You know, like if life doesn't match what you think it should be, basically, um, that's when Tony talks about going into pain and suffering because you're feeling hopeless. You know, it's not as easy as something you can change. This this would be a circumstance that that for some reason or another disallows you to change the way that things are. Yeah. And he actually gives a couple examples of celebrities that he's worked with Mm. who suffered immensely when their blueprints did not match up with what their real life experiences and expectations for themselves were. So um, one example would be Joaquin Hawkins. Uh, He was a professional basketball player who suffered a stroke in the middle of the night, leaving him unable to play his sport or earn in that capacity any longer. And a stroke would be devastating enough for anyone on its own. But for Joaquim, whose blueprint said he needed to be that professional player, and that's how he supports his family and have people respect and love him, um, he was left feeling like life was now worthless. 
uh, and he felt helpless. And this is obviously an extreme example, but this man's career and health and identity were all stolen by his stroke. And he was helpless to change the circumstances. That's one of those situations that are extreme that who could have guessed that was going to happen and what now? So yeah. having no control to change your circumstances can leave you feeling suffering, like depressed, That those kind of feelings. So his life conditions make it impossible to be that. And so life doesn't match your blueprint and you had no control to change it. So um, this left him helpless and suffering. And Tony helped Joaquim to realize a new way to meet his underlying needs of love, support, and value. Because ultimately, it wasn't about the sport. It was about you're wanting love and support and you're wanting to feel value and you need something to make a living, obviously. So when he realized his worth um, and being loved and things were not in the basketball, he was able to re fit his blueprint and what um his value in life was right he also recounts work he did with a well-known female celebrity uh she was financially wealthy attractive and had many friends she was smart um seemed like she had it all going for her but her friends just could not understand because they didn't have her life circumstances they didn't have her blueprint to look at, but from their perspective, you know, she had it all. And why was she still depressed? You know, she's on these antidepressant pills. She's been taking them. And, you know, we had hoped that she'd get better, but she's still depressed. Like, what's the deal? And, mm -hmm. you know, you see this a lot in today's society, people being depressed, taking antidepressants and still feeling depressed. So or ending up worse in some situations. Right, right. So I think there's some parts of the puzzle that aren't being looked at here. So mm. yeah, and often we think we know what will make us happy. Yet we attain that and we still aren't happy and it's not the right fit or we still long for more. So this can happen. Some people think they find their value in life through material things mm -hmm. and we very much live in a society where material things show our worth and so people some people grasp onto that and they go well I have the next best right. whatever pick something the next best Take phone or yeah phone. And, yeah and once that's not the new thing anymore they need the new one the new new one right. otherwise they have no value yeah for sure mm. anyway Back to the previous story we were talking about, part of this woman's blueprint involved being married with children. And in reality, she was divorced and was past the age of having children. Despite repeated int intentions to try to make this part of her life, it never happened. And now at this point in her life, she felt helpless to change it. Yeah. And when asked if she had considered even adopting children, she said that it wouldn't be the same for her as having her own blood children and she felt if they were her own they would always love her versus if adopted I guess thought that she wouldn't be loved the same or vice versa um so her need was unconditional love and support and Tony was able to help her see that and um, she was able to fill this in other ways but she needed to change her blueprint so she had to had to change the mindset of I really want to be a uh, be a mom and not adopt children to something else and seeking love and um, validation in other areas in her life. Right. So when life doesn't go as planned and that throws parts of your blueprint off the bridge, 
what are we to do? Mm. So according to Tony's model, there are pretty much only three choices. You can blame, you can change your life, or you can change your blueprint. So to start with blaming, uh, according to the Harvard Business Review, recent brain imaging research out of Duke University shows there is a biological explanation for inclination to blame. It turns out that the positive events of our lives are processed by the prefrontal cortex, which does not happen instantly, and tends to conclude that good things happen by fluke. And negative events, on the other hand, get processed by the amygdala, which is an important gland located deep within the temporal lobes of the brain. And the amygdala is that part of your brain which is involved in sensing danger and the fight-or-flight response. Uh, so this was... This, this part usually concludes at lightning fast speeds. So that bad things happen on purpose is viewed more like that. So, so fast, um, in fact, that we don't even notice that we are making an assumption leading us to the conclusion that the person closest to the problem must have done it on purpose. <laughs> so much, right. <laughs> so much of what happens in daily life, uh, the good and the bad can be, outside of our control. So often blame is used as a temporary measure to shelter ourselves from the disappointment and pain or to help us feel like we have some power in the situation. So blame yourself, someone else, an event, genetics, or whatever you want to, because um, in reality, blame keeps us stuck in the pain loop. So if we blame ourselves, we go into pain. So that's option number one which doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> Option number two is you can change your life. Like we talked about earlier, you know, um, if you're not pleased with your physique or, you know, uh, your weight, you can diet or do exercise, that sort of thing. So um, you can change your life is made by making specific choices to do something different or altering stuff in some way to improve your present state. So if you want to have, more than you do or you know more resources or a bigger house or whatever you need to up your game for example you know if your blueprint says you need a ferrari or like i mentioned the bigger house or more material things you're going to need more money so you could switch your job to one that pays more you could look into what moves you could make job wise you know maybe you can climb the ladder a little bit there or uh, move to another position in a different company maybe look at what additional skills you could take to put yourself in a higher pay bracket. Mm. And if you want to become stronger mentally, emotionally, or physically to better fit your blueprint, you could search out like-minded people or a mentor. Um, it's the same as trainers need their own trainers because they can't do it themselves. So um, you can subscribe to a brain gym app uh, study about how the brain works, uh, begin therapy, or just even work on your mindfulness um, practices. So you can clean up your eating. So there's lots of options on what you can do. Um, you just have to make a commitment to yourself. Mm -hmm. And the third choice that Tony mentions um, is that you can actually change your blueprint. So that plan you have in your head and you adjust it around a little bit if, if it uh, it seems that you can't change things, then you're going to have to look at doing that. And if the other two choices are not possible, that's, I guess, how you end up at, at this point. Um, if the conditions of how you think your life 
should be don't match up and if there's nothing else you can do and, and you're at a dire straits situation um you can adjust your your blueprint and rework the ideals that you've placed there um, until they kind of align a little bit better with with what's actually going on um, as opposed to your original plan so for me when i heard about this entire concept like i mentioned earlier uh, it made a lot of sense to me, especially in regard to the last few years. Um, I wasn't even aware that there was such a thing as a, this concept that Tony had come up with uh, about blueprints. And uh, I guess I had my own ideals and we, we all do as we're finding out here. So uh, when I look back on my life this far, you know, some things lined up, but there were a lot of things. Yeah didn't even come close. I think a lot of people can say that. And uh, as I shared in a previous episode, I knew I always wanted to be a wife and a mom. And in regards to today's episode, that would have been probably one of the biggest parts of my blueprint. Mm -hmm. And I did get married and I had two wonderful daughters, one of which is co-hosting with me and I have another <laughs> girl as well. So those two boxes were checked off for me um, for a while. Anyway, uh, still got my kids. So yeah. <laughs> on with the story, uh, I guess I'll just start with saying, you know, I never, I, I did want to be married and I never expected the Disney princess story of happily ever after. I know I've heard of some girls that really do that that's on their blueprint, but Absolutely, I, yeah, yeah. Um, I never did. And I knew that marriage took work and it wouldn't be all good days. And trust me, they weren't. And that's okay. But it didn't really take long for it to become clear that we really didn't share a lot of the same ideals or fundamental principles of marriage. And basically, we had different blueprints. So mm -hmm. unfortunately, after 20 years of trying to, you know, change it or fix it and hold it together. Um, the marriage ended and with that, at the same time, I was excused from my job and half of the business um, in a company that I had helped build. So, And I, I knew that was a big part for you as well because it's not just the marriage in that situation for you. It was a lot more than that, which not to downplay other people's experiences, but when you own a business together in a marriage as well, that's that's yeah. a big hit as well because then it's like your income and your purpose in your job is also taken away all at the same time. Well, and it, it sort of has, uh, when when you co-found a business together, it's, it's both of your dreams going into it, right? right. Like, it was never really my passionate dream, but I got behind it and so it's almost like having an additional child, mm. you know, you, you pour so much time and effort and is it going to work? Is it going to succeed? And you nurture well, it and you nudge it and you can do it. Right. And you go through the ups and the downs. And, and so, yeah, that, that was the difficult part for me. Mm. Maybe some people didn't recognize as you did because, you know, you grew up in the family. Mm -hmm. So um, also Due to the extreme stress stress level at that time, um, uh, leading up to that, and then of course with that whole circumstance, uh, I became really ill. If 
you remember Kennedy. Mm. Um, I had central nervous system problems, cardiac problems, irregularities, uh, fibromyalgia symptoms, uh, this really weird thing called electric shock syndrome, <laughs> which mm. was absolutely no fun at all. Uh, a lot of mobility issues. I can remember the days when I didn't know if I'd get down the stairs, you know, and this is before I got to 50. Um, mm. Lots of pain, ulcers, CPTSD, anxiety, clinical depression. Pretty much I checked all those boxes off and things weren't very much fun for me for a long time. And uh, I actually remember the doctor being so concerned that she advised me uh, that I, although I should quit smoking at some point, that that was not the time to do it. So I kind of thought, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like what, what doctor would say, hey, yeah, keep smoking. But <laughs> Uh, right. Even during that time, uh, just observing you in that situation, um, in hindsight now, we know that was your body quite literally going into a situation where it was experiencing all of that devastation physically. So mm -hmm. you were not only just experiencing that emotionally and mentally. I don't, was, and I don't think it was from just then. It was, you know, as you can imagine. Many years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. and just to watch, like I remember, you know, us sitting there and, us logically you know you and I trying to pick things apart you know you were going well it happened last summer too so maybe it has something to do with the sun and then well, obviously it didn't have to do with the summertime you know so um it's just yeah I remember you going through that and it's crazy how much it was very much a part of your everyday life and yeah. um just trying to figure out what was happening right right and I mean I think we all weren't that dumb to think that you know that amount of stuff going on wasn't going to affect me somehow mm. and like I said it was it was kind of like it had built up over years and then just kind of this is all happening right now so mm. anyway somewhere in the process of that I took a leap of faith and um, found myself returning to school as I neared my 50th Woo. <laughs> happy 50th birthday that was not on my blueprint <laughs> yeah I kind of imagined 50 to look like you know on a cruise boat or something right like that so anyway um I went back to school uh I had hoped to find work at a nearby business doing something I loved uh, I focused in on you and uh, my other daughter of course and just tried to study as much as I could and began working on healing myself through basically the wisdom of my own body and using a lot of alternative methods. I was desperate. I would, you know, whatever I read about that had the potential to, you know, maybe give me some relief or make something better. You know, I was, I tried almost all of it. So um, as I began to get better, you know, that part of the journey was, was nice. Um, I continued my education, but the job prospect that I had hoped for, it didn't happen. So that was a bit disappointing, but it led me on a different path. Um, and then I was also confronted with a year and a half long custody battle where, in my opinion, my child's rights and her relationship with me were significantly manipulated and compromised. Mm -hmm. so, 
I can assure you, I didn't have any of that stuff on my uh, perfect life scenario blueprint. No kidding. And it definitely did not match. And uh, that was that was a hard time. I'm not gonna lie. So mm. um, the last few years for me were devastating, um, and what some would call a dark night of the soul. So. Again, as we talked about, it didn't match my blueprint. I wasn't living happily ever after in a consistent and committed marriage that I had hoped to be. Um, I wasn't physically or emotionally well um, in light of all the sur surrounding circumstances. And I didn't imagine myself to be in that place, you know, before I even turned 50, uh, right around 50, I guess. Um, still, I, you know, I wasn't supposed to be feeling like I was 150, you know. Um, I also had had on my blueprint uh, being financially secure. Well, that didn't happen. Um, and I had also planned on my blueprint of continuing to be the hands-on mo hands mom that I had been for the past 20 plus years. And uh, that's that was a hard one for me to have that change. Mm. Um, looking back now, when I look through Tony's blueprinting model um, and the steps that he had explaining it all, um, yeah, <laughs> I guess I hit all the nails on the head. And uh, in the end, I ended up having to change my blueprints that I had. It wasn't because I wanted to change them, but I had to change them. Um, on a positive note, I guess I've learned a lot. I've grown a lot. I've had new opportunities open up to me um, while I was writing these new blueprints. Uh, and when I say I learned a lot, it wasn't just in regard to my studies. Um, I learned a lot about myself. And I've learned a lot about other people and who they pretend to be versus who they actually are. So um, I gotta say, I wish I had fallen on this Tony's blueprint uh, concept previous to all these ex you know, experiences for me. Um, might've helped me in some way, but you know, it turned out the way that it did for some reason. And um, you know, it would have been a little helpful, I'm thinking, to have had on the front end, you know, a, a life blueprint for Dummy's book or something. But uh, I'm hoping that at least maybe by featuring this topic today will assist some of our viewers in their lives and things that they're going through. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I watched, I grew up in the household as well obviously and to watch you go through those different changes in your life it required a lot of strength out of you and um I know it was never easy and it's still not easy for you and you're still working through that but in some sort of weird way like we say um everything kind of happens for a reason uh I don't know that you would have gotten on the path of education that you're on right now if it wasn't for things working out the way that they did. It's not at all what you had on your blueprint, like you said, but mm -hmm. it kind of all of these years you've been interested in this stuff. But whether it was you didn't have the courage or you thought 
you know, I started a business, we have an income, we have our two girls, we're, we're good. I don't need to break something that isn't, or fix something that isn't broken. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever the mindset was, I don't know that you would have actually ended up on this path. So in some Absolutely. sort of way, no, it's I, a blessing I, in disguise in some ways. Yeah. And um, you've been a stronghold in my life and in my sister's life too. And you've always been a great mom. And we know no matter what we're going through or you're going through that you're going to be there. So not to be all cheesy, but I'm proud of you. It was definitely, you basically lived five lives in the matter of five years or whatever, (laughs) however long it was, but, um, I can get why it would have been hard for you all these years. And, um, you're making something out of yourself and you're making a positive out of what was a negative for a very long time. And it still requires work. I know that you're still working at it, but you know, we're getting closer to the finish line. No, but I say that because, you know, we talk in other episodes about how you're waiting to jump over that fence of, okay, when am I, when am I going to one, two, three, go and cut the ribbon, so to speak. And, you know, or we're getting there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, in closing today, um, we encourage you to think about what is on your blueprint and if things are aligning great, or if they are, if there are some areas that are not so much, uh, you can change your life by making specific choices to improve or alter your present state and close the gap between where you are and where you want to be. And if there are circumstances outside of your control that make it impossible to live life according to the blueprint you had initially, you may need to look at changing your blueprint so you will be able to fulfill your needs in other ways and also take into consideration the underlying needs of your blueprint as you look for other ways to adjust the areas you need to so they align better with your real life circumstances. So what we mean by that is the examples we gave earlier of if you're needing love and support, make sure that if you're going to change your blueprint, um, that you're receiving the love and support that is the underlying common denominator um, in another area in your life. Yeah. And if you're trying to support someone who's facing difficulties because of tragedy or a difficult time that they're going through in their life, don't expect to fully understand the other's reasons or feelings. Uh, Don't try to compare your not exact circumstance or judgment-based solution based on what your cousin's sister twice removed it. You know, that's always so helpful. Uh, Don't expect the other person to just get over it on your timetable or you know it's been a couple months you should move on now um things don't always happen at the same timeline for everyone and uh don't try to distract them from the emotions that um that they're having and that they're going through it's it's all part of the healing a lot of times people just need other people with them beside them go for coffee go for drive whatever it's just you know it's the loneliness i think that takes a lot of people down feeling Mm. you know lonely being by themselves physically but also lonely that that other people don't get it so yeah just surround them with love i guess is the best cheesy way to put it (laughs) and the, the only way to come out the other side stronger is you have to go through the middle of it. You know, if you keep pushing it down and pushing it back and pushing it to, to the side and it, it's sort of like, 
a beach ball at the beach and you can shove it down under the water but guess what it's coming up somewhere and it might be over there and it might be five minutes from now but it's it's going to come up so um, yeah and just to add to what you were saying um to also just tie those two thoughts together I was just sitting here thinking about how with the beach ball effect also with um, people going, well, why aren't you over that already? And, you know, it was two weeks ago or whatever, whatever is seen as sufficient time to get over something in a specific situation. Some people don't handle their emotions, um, like the beach ball effect. They don't handle it. And um, suddenly five years later, it comes out out of nowhere and they didn't deal with those emotions in that moment. And so suddenly you're sitting next to the person going, why are you crying over that? Like that was five years ago, but you don't realize that this person never sat with their emotions in that moment. So right. again, don't, don't make assumptions with people um, in that very moment because you don't know what they're going through and where life has led them. I, I find often when people don't deal with things, then it gets somehow tagged to the next, you know, let's say the dog died and you're mm. devastated, but you can't show your feelings around the people you work with, whatever. So you're pushing it down, you're pushing it right. down. And then, you know, a mouse gets run over in the driveway when you're backing up. The you're car. bawling. You're, yeah. Right. And it's, yeah, maybe you're sad about the mouse, but really all of a sudden here comes all that emotion from when your dog passed and yeah, it's coming out. <laughs> and for people that don't manage to get those emotions out it can cause other problems you know gastrointestinal stuff stress anxiety depression you know even some more serious things so yeah yeah i i it's it's a big topic but uh another thing that tony talked about in this regard was he kept striking on the point that a lot of times failing to get your goal can actually lead to your destiny and that's as you were saying, Kennedy, yeah, I'm, I'm positive that I never would have ended up going down this road of free education and that sort of thing had mm. things um, been the way that they were on my blueprint. And, and that always was a dream of mine. I was willing to set it to the side to, you know, be the wife and the mom and the, the business owner in another regard, but it has allowed me to do, you know, to do something that I always wanted to do. And also, um, I have always, I think in my life up until the, just recently lived with someone else. So yeah. this is a whole new thing too. Like, Hey, I don't have to clean up today because no one else is I don't want to. <laughs> right. Or if I want to sit here in my underwear and I know this is a PT show, but, you know, I can do what I want. I can go when I want. I can come when I want. I don't have to, you know, follow somebody else's timeline. So that, yeah. that's been different and kind of neat for me. So. Right. And like you were saying that sometimes failing your initial goal can lead to your destiny. There's a lot of people who have that, not exact story, but it led them kind of similar situations. So you think of Stephen King or Thomas Edison, uh, J.K. Rowling. Um, they were all rejected and were forgotten. I think of the J.K. Rowling situation, like to think if someone hadn't picked up that, I think the story was that it was thrown in the trash 
and this so the the Harry Potter series um it was thrown in the trash and someone picked it up randomly or whatever and to think like if that person hadn't picked it up like you you never know like the failure or being rejected like you never know where that's going to lead you yeah for sure for sure and when you think about it the guests that we've all uh, we've had on have all had struggles you know right. and when, when we hear someone else speak of a certain particular struggle maybe it doesn't you know, resonate with us particularly because it, again, is through our filter and not our blueprint and whatever, but significant struggles for them all individually as they affected them in their lives. Right, exactly. So for as painful as it can be, and when it feels like things are falling apart, they actually may be falling into place, Um, not to be cheesy, but (laughs) to be honest. And Things are not always meant to work out as we would like. And when left alone, sometimes they actually work out better than we could have imagined. Um, so that's it for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And uh, we will see you next week. Bye. If you or someone you know has a unique story to tell, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at theimperfectpodcast@outlook.com. For more information and how to connect with us on social media, you can visit us at our website, theimperfectpodcast.ca. And from whichever platform you are listening to this episode, be sure to like, share, and leave us a review. We would really appreciate your feedback. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We look forward to hearing your feedback and seeing you all find that extra joy and embrace your own imperfect. See you next week. week.